Sabres fans and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade. I am your solo host today, Chad. Didimus is coming at you at 11, well it depends who this is, but I'm recording this at 11.28 on a Sunday evening after a rough, rough day for Buffalo sports to say the least. You know, it's the football team is what it is, so if you want to listen to that, uh, conversation you can flip over to the local radio station and i'm pretty sure they'll be going on all day long probably most of the week about a football team that we know is bad and they'll be cleaning complaining about it and you know that's where you can find that but that's not what we're gonna do here we're gonna talk about a hockey team who while they did lose tonight slash last night depending on listening to this uh in a game that i would classify as frustrating but at the same time i i think they played pretty well. I think they're the dominant team, and it's you know, it's one of those nights where you kind of tip your hat to the goaltender to the goaltender at the other end of the ring. You know, Lundqvist was vintage Lundqvist tonight, and there's not really a whole ton you can do about it. You know, they they racked up the shots, and they really <laughs> they really just played a minute of bad hockey, and you know, unfortunately that's all it took, and it cost them a game, and it is what it is. You're going to have those games through an 82-game stretch, but I don't think it's anything to be concerned about or really that worried about to be honest but you know i mean losing what two of the last three games here i mean you had a 9-2 win mix in there you know it, it's not gonna make you feel great it's gonna leave a sour taste in your mouth going into montreal on thursday i mean you gotta sit and kind of stew here for a few days and the tough part of the schedule when usually you kind of get to get right back at it but you know it, I, I think it gets to saber saber some time to kind of regroup here kind of get things back together uh, and kind of prepare for a schedule here coming up, you know, of some pretty tough games for the next six games. You know, it's, I guess this is going to be the kind of the stretcher maybe that determines as we head to the middle of November exactly what kind of team we have here. Uh, do we have a team who is possibly able to, you know, compete for a playoff spot? Uh, I mean, maybe getting ahead of ourselves and they're around a mid-80s point team. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the stretch might give us a good a good understanding of that. I mean, we we have a team here who is dominating uh, the last few games in terms of their shots. They're a much better shot generation team. They're, 
you know, there's there's definite improvements. You can see in the numbers, um, they're beating bad teams, which is a good thing. They don't look overmatched in any game. I know, I know there's some games here or there, maybe the Boston game, the Colorado game. Maybe even that Vegas game is kind of ones where you could say maybe they were overmatched slightly. But other than that, I mean, three of the 15 games, and maybe you've had those rough nights here or there. But, you know, it's it's a lot of good things. You know, that's the kind of one thing I kind of want to talk about here in the beginning before I get into the schedule. It's one of the things I want to touch on. You know, it's there's positives. And I think this 15-game stretch may have given fans, I don't want to say a false hope, but maybe something to believe that, this team may be close in the playoffs than we thought they were. And there's nothing to say that they can't be a playoff team this year. Just I, I think we kind of in a way need to take a step back to kind of back where we were in the beginning of the season where we're looking for improvement. Now, of course, you know, if they're going to win games, then I want them to be a playoff team and compete for the playoffs. But I, I just think that you have to remember to going game by game here, week by week, month by month, we're looking for improvement. Uh, the, and, you know, we're seeing that the coach – the players, the team, the speed, you know, everything is kind of going that way. And there's definitely still, still some concerns. Like, for example, I guess in this well start, I, I think the defense is still a concern. You know, I, I think Scandella, while he hasn't been playing as bad as was maybe a week or two ago, there's still, you know, something there that you probably want to see improvement. Um, you know, I, I think Bullyu kind of has gotten an unfair advantage that being in the last two weeks here almost of games which is i thought he was fine before that but you know i'm not gonna make a big deal out of it and then bogosian has been okay uh mccabe i think has been good darlene has been really good for, especially for an 18 year old i mean the points aren't there but defensively and his buck moving you can see it he's he's trying to he's starting to bring his game in more def- offensively and that's a good thing and I, I think we'll see that come more and more throughout the season but as you know defenseman defensively there's really not a lot you can complain about there and his outlet passes his passing is impressive and there's really nobody else in the team at least on the back end that can do what he does in terms of moving the puck and you know maybe we'll get to how they can improve that here shortly with somebody I want to bring up but the main concern here is you know I think it's wrist aligning you know he's going into the season there's (laughs) going into the last three or four seasons it's always been Okay, they can reduce his minutes. They can help him here. You know, he's he's definitely a top four defenseman, but he's not that top pair guy. And maybe having Darlene here could bring that back, or maybe it was you know bringing Scandella here, or so on and so on. There's always some reason going into the season, and yet he continues to play those minutes. And it's it's just not working. It, you have to wonder when do we stop saying that? Just give him time. Just do this. Just put him in the situation. Just it's. I feel like the time is at the end, and I need I need more from him. You know, there's still I think lapses defensively in his game. Uh, I, I think there's times he panics with the puck. I don't think he consistently is up in the offense. At least at even strength, sure on the power play he can get you some points, but at even strength, I just don't think he's he's making those plays that make you a better team. You know, and his outlap, his passing is the only thing that concerns me. There's so many times where he just his passes are behind guys in the skates, you know he has a guy up in front of him, but he flicks it you know into the middle of the ice or high off the glass, and you know it's frustrating for a guy that you want to see, you know who's supposed to be, I mean he's supposed to be your best defenseman in this team, but right now the eighteen year old is and Jake McCabe's probably second, 
So I would say at best, he's your third or fourth best defender right now, which isn't good enough for him. And I, I think in the offseason, we're going to have a real conversation about him and what his future of this team holds. You know, do they try to maybe move him for a forward or another defenseman? You know, in a, maybe a flip of the team who, you know, can't sign a restricted free agent and wrist lines under contract or, you know, maybe they're looking to try to flip their wrist line for a new, you know, a new field, a new team. So it's, I, I think it's going to be something that we talked about, like, like O'Reilly this past summer. And I think, I think this summer after this season, if it stays the way it's going right now, and he's not again, he's not playing terrible or he needs to come on the lineup or anything, just he's not giving you what you would expect from what he's supposed to be. And again, it's just not good enough anymore. And I, I think you need to get some value for him while you can still at this point. You know, because other teams watch hockey games too. And if he continues to struggle, if he continues to have those issues and deficiencies in his game, other teams are going to realize that. And he's still young, but, you know, he's he's put his time in this league where the he's still young thing I think doesn't work. I, I don't think he gets that free pass anymore. You know, he's he's supposed to be established. And, you know, they're still developing and still learning. I just, I just think doesn't go. And it's, it's no longer an excuse for him. And, I don't know, if things don't turn up, if he doesn't turn around to be at least close to the player that we expect him to be, I'm not saying he needs to be the best defenseman on this team because at the end of the day, he's not going to be. But I, I need him to be a guy who once or twice or three or four times a game, I'm not rolling my eyes about or thinking, why did you do that? Or you should have done this instead. Or why aren't you in the play? Or, you know, it's where's wrist aligning. We haven't seen him do much. You know, it's so, you know, the defense, I think, still continues to be a concern. And, I don't think there's, I don't know what the improvement is you can do besides Pilot down in Rochester. You know, if you listen to the Amherst podcast, we listen to this one. You know, Keith and I, uh, Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst, you know, we talked about Pilot at the end, and, you know, he really said that he's just an all around player. He's solid defensively. He's one of the better puck movers in the team. He is good on the power play. He picks up points for you. So, you know, with him, I, I think it's only a matter of time. I think right now they're stuck in an issue where, you know, they're carrying eight defensemen. And if they want to get rid of one, it's going to require waivers. And, you know, I don't think they want to do that right now. But how long are you going to leave arguably a top six defenseman on your hockey team down in Rochester because you don't want to make a move? You know, I mean, this this season is about winning hockey games. And, you know, you might get a pass not being a playoff team, but I, I don't know how long you can go without having a player who deserves to be here, who it's clear deserves to be here. And he's longer here, especially when he's better than two or three players on this roster right now. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out, but just I just think it's a matter of time for him. I really do. And I again, I'll just say I don't I don't know how they can go much longer with ignoring him, especially if he continues to put the points and continues to get the rave reviews that he's getting. You know, I I know there's all about development and bottle take it slow, but at the same time, this isn't your normal prospect who's developing. This is a 22 year old player who came from the professional league in sweden and he was the defensive defenseman of the year in not defensive defense but the defenseman of the year in sweden so i, I don't know i'm curious how that plays out but I, I just think you know that's only a matter of time in itself but something i kind of want to go back to here that i kind of talked about in the beginning um you know kind of giving a look forward here because we are off you know four days until the next sabers game and 
um, you know, I kind of wanted to get in a podcast today, release a short one because this isn't going to be that long. Because, you know, Bill gets back from his vacation on Tuesday and then kind of give him a few days to settle in. Then we have a hockey game on Thursday and Saturday. So maybe, you know, we might not get back into it until over the weekend or even early next week. So I thought this would be important to get this in. And then looking at the schedule ahead, you know, there's some important games to talk about here. Your next one, two, three, four, five, six games are at Montreal, home Vancouver, uh, home Tampa Bay, at Winnipeg, at Minnesota, at Pittsburgh. And the crazy part out of those six games... Pittsburgh is the worst team that you're going to face. You know, I mean, they're they're combined winning as going into tonight. Their combined wins and losses is 48-24-9. That's a 5-9-2 winning percentage between those six teams. So, like I said in the beginning, you're really going to find out what team you have here. And you know, three of these or four, sorry, four of these six games are going to be on the road, and right now you have a Sabres team who is three, four, and one on the road. So they're obviously right now a better team at home ice, and you know they're they're going to go into some tough places. Montreal is not an easy place to play. Winnipeg is difficult. Minnesota is difficult. But you know how games in Pittsburgh go. So it's like I said. I think I don't want to say in the middle of November that this is going to determine your season, but I mean I think this is going to be a good measuring stick. It's going to tell you where this team is right now what we can expect from them going into the end of november to early december to january even to realistically set our expectations for this team and i'm i'm happy this stretch is coming here that they're playing good teams that if they can win these games or let's say they go in the six game stretch they can you know go four and two or you know, the possible 12 points, maybe they can get eight or nine out of that. If they pull that off, then yeah, then I think we realistically have a team on our hands that we could say has the ability to compete for a playoff spot. Now, if they somehow pull five or six points out, then maybe we're back to, well, let's just see if we can get an improvement this year. So, you know, I, I think these next few games here are are critically important. And one of the things that may be interesting that I think a lot of people are talking about, maybe even putting a bigger deal into, is you know who plays a lion's share of these games in terms of goaltending. You know between Hutton and Allmark. You know it's Hutton started hot. Allmark, you know, has played four games. He's won three of them. He hasn't lost one in regulation. But you know, part of me thinks Hutton kind of—I don't want to say he gets a bad deal, but I don't think he gets some of the respect he deserves. Remember, early in the season, he was. You could argue stealing some games for the Sabres. You know, he's he's letting some goals that aren't great. I understand that. But, you know, it, it's a it's a huge improvement of what we saw last year. And I think right now, you know, it's easy to see that Housley and Botterill consider Hutton, as of now, their starting goaltender. Now, a lot of people, again, will see Allmark's numbers. But you have to remember, too, what he's doing this against. He's... His four games have been against Ottawa, Arizona, Los Angeles, and Columbus. Arizona had one goal going into that game that he shut him out. Los Angeles is the worst team in the league right now who just fired their coach. They're 31st in goal scoring. Arizona's 26th in goal scoring. Then he played Ottawa on a night where his team scored nine goals and considerably dominated and outshot that game. Now, Ottawa's ranked 11th in scoring, which is a little bit, I mean, I was kind of surprised by that, but that could be off their hot start early. Where Columbus has arguably most difficult competition he's played, he allowed five goals in that game. So, yeah, and I'm not saying Allmark, you know, shouldn't be given the opportunity to get more games. Just I think maybe we're 
I think maybe we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit in terms of that. You know, I, I think you have two goaltenders here who are able to play at the NHL level. And, you know, I, I think this year we're going to see a type of situation where maybe it's like a 60-40 split or 65-35 in favor of Hutton. And then maybe next year's closer to a 50-50, maybe a little bit more in favor of Allmark. Because then by year three of this Hutton contract, you know, it's going to be Allmark's show. And I, I think that we kind of, unless Allmark goes and blows our doors off here, you know, halfway through the season, I, I think that it would be wise to understand this right now that looks like that's going to be the plan. You know, Allmark is definitely the goaltender of the future for this team. And, you know, it, it's seeing his development over the last few years is good. So he's gotten to this point. And he's shown the ability that he can play in the NHL, and that's good. But I also don't think there's a need to rush him, to force him, especially when you have a guy like Hutton who has shown the ability to be a starter, handle the minutes, be fine for you. Is, is he playing on an elite level? Well, no, of course not. But I think for right now, you're kind of getting... I guess the best of what you could expect it going into this season. You know, there's a lot of question marks if he can handle this role, if he can handle this job. And through 15 games, I would say that he can. And I don't think there's much to be concerned about where that area has been a huge concern since Ryan Miller has left here. So I think we kind of need to step back a little bit and kind of just let this goaltending situation play play itself out here. I think maybe by the halfway point, maybe we'll have a an idea of which goaltender deserves to play more games the second half of the season. And then we can kind of go from there about that. The last thing I do want to touch on here, uh, before I cut off her approaching about 20 minutes, um, is I do want to call out one specific player the last few games who I thought has set this game up. Uh, I'll actually even go two players here. Uh, the first one I think is Kyle Poso, And especially in the Rangers game last night, or tonight, last night, whatever, listen to this. You know, I, I thought his speed is back. You know, if you want to say back, you know, he looks definitely a lot quicker than he was last year. He, you know, I, I felt he was really strong in the forecheck against the Rangers. You know, he he played with speed. He got involved in the game. He he was a factor out there. And, you know, I I think it's a little bit of a whipping boy around here. And I, I understand he makes $6 million. You expect more from him, at least in terms of production. Right now he's on, he has four goals and eight points through 15 games which puts him on pace for 22 goals and 44 assists this season. Do you want your $6 million winger scoring 44 goals or 44 points? I mean, probably not. I probably would like a little bit more than that, but, you know, it is what it is. And I think if you're going to get a guy who's going to score for 20 goals on your third line, basically, is, you know, that's what Kyle Oposo is at this point in his career. I think that's fine. And, sure, there's some frustrating things in the power play he'll do for you, but at even strength, I think he's one of their best players. And, I think that's been pretty consistent throughout the year. You know, there's been some games here or there where he hasn't been great, but, you know, I, I think he deserves a little bit more love here than what he's been getting. You know, the top line has gotten a lot of the love, and rightfully so, but, you know, I, I think Oposo has given this team something. You know, he kind of has that spark, and like I said, he's he's showing some impressive speed that we didn't see last year, and part of that could be because of the concussion, you know, over the previous summer. So I think it's an encouraging sign. Uh, again, you know, that that's not the greatest contract in the world, and you got to wonder maybe that's going to come back and bite you, um, you know, in, in, a, in a year or two, or I want to say beyond that, probably in the year or two. I mean, you might be regretting it right now, but I think if you're going to get 20 goals out of him for the next year or two, you should, you know, be happy with that. Beyond that, we'll kind of see. The other guy who 
I think at least over the last two games, the Ottawa game, the Rangers game, who I've saw step up his play a little bit, and that's Sam Reinhart. Uh, I, I felt earlier in the season, you know, he was a little bit snake bit. Uh, he was hitting posts. He was just missing some goals, making some good saves on him. And then I thought he kind of went away for a few games where he struggled and wasn't really a factor. But I thought he played really well against Ottawa. Uh, he had a couple nice assists, setups, passes in that game. So that was nice to see. And then I thought in the Rangers game, he had opportunities. He was involved in the play, you know, on the power play and at even strength too. He came on the wings a few times. He got a few good shots on Lundqvist. He was a factor in front of the net. And I think that's kind of what you want to see. You know, he has one goal and seven assists through 15 games, and that's not anywhere near ideal for what you expect for Reinhardt. But he's like middle say He's a guy where I think the points and the goals are going to come. And I think if you continue to see him be a factor offensively and be a factor in the game and just 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 let me notice you kind of thing. You know, he's he's not playing with Jack Eichel, you know, so I mean I think that's where he's been the most successful or with that elite center like O'Reilly last year. You know, Middlestad is is a good center, but he's not at those two players level yet. I mean there's no reason he can't be, but he's just not right now. So I think if he can give some support to Middlestad, which I've seen him do defensively which is nice and good for Middlestat to help him out. But, you know, if he can continue to be noticeable offensively, get opportunities, create chances for his line mates, and I think that's only a good thing. And I, I think, again, it's only a matter of time for we hard to see the points and the goals trickle in. Um, and again, it's, it's, not, it's not where you want it to be right now, but I don't want to say I'm not too concerned about it. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about it but I, I think the last two games have kind of reined back that concern for me like I said because he's 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 in the play more he's he's doing enough to give me hope at least that he's gonna bounce back and start to pot a few so those are two players who I think at least the last few games deserve some sort of recognition for how well they've played and you know hopefully they can keep that up and continue so a little over 20 minutes in here um I don't really have a lot more to say. It's almost midnight here, you know, and I got bright and late for work in the morning. But, uh, yeah, again, I, like I said, I just wanted to get this podcast in here, you know, with Bill not getting back until Tuesday, and then there's going to be some games around the corner, and he's going to want to get acclimated with what he missed. You know, we might not be able to get another one in until uh, until later next week after, you know, the, the Montreal game and the Vancouver game. But I, I do want to say the one thing for speaking of the Vancouver game, before we uh, I cut out here, I am looking forward to watching Elias Pedersen play and against Vancouver on Saturday. I think that kid is <laughs> that kid special, and you know I hyped him up a lot in the preseason to Bill and a few other people that I've I've talked to and people that know me. And you know you've seen my retweets and comments of him on Twitter, so he's he's kind of my hockey crush right now. So I am thrilled to knock on wood, doesn't get hurt, uh, have the opportunity to watch him play on Saturday. You know, and I, I know people don't like to hear, you know, watch the opposing guy because, you know, that's you don't want the opponent to win. But, you know, I, I think getting the opportunity where Sabres fans don't get to see, won't get to see Pedersen a lot, maybe only this one time, to, I think, really in, relish that opportunity and to enjoy seeing one of the probably dynamic future centers of this league because, He's really something to behold. So 
just want to sneak that in there because I'm legitimately looking forward to that. So that's all I have for you. Um, you know, make sure you check out the Amex interview with Keith Wozniak. That was pretty good. Uh, some disappointing news, news or update on Nylander, but it is what it is. It's early. Uh, and then if you haven't listened to the, you know, the Prospects podcast last week, you know, with Max was really good and Ben Lee's in the Sudbury Star. You can go check that out too. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, looking in, but also got a little in there on Quentin Byfield, who's a, you know, arguably top pick for that 2020 draft. So, you know, kind of go check that out. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, make sure you interact with us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Make sure you subscribe, rate, share, iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. You're going to find us there. Uh, and then make sure, obviously, you're checking out Die by the Blade too for your excellent Sabres content. So, for Chad Dedemanesis and my rambling, I am out of here. Uh, enjoy your week. And we will talk on Thursday when these Sabres are in Montreal. Have a good have a good week. See ya. the same.